Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 132, Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. And it's time for what has become an annual tradition here on the podcast, the official Oscars preview pod with my good friend, Hollywood Craig. For those unfamiliar with Hollywood Craig, he lives in, you guessed it, the L.A. area. Uh, He's actually originally from Chicago. He's my best friend and and my co-best man, along with my brother Marco at my wedding last year. He's been living out in L.A. for well over a decade now and has worn many hats in the film industry. And his wife, Libby, is also involved in the the industry as a casting director. So he's the perfect person to bring on here every year to take a look at the Academy Awards from a betting perspective. So today, Tuesday afternoon, for the fifth year in a row, Hollywood Craig and I sat down to talk about this Sunday's Oscars, the 95th Academy Awards, which takes place right after Selection Sunday when brackets are released and we have our field set for the 2023 college basketball NCAA tournament. Shitty timing for the Oscars this year with so much going on in the sports world, but we made time to chat today just like we do every year, and it was a very fun discussion. Uh, We'll actually be looking to chase some market steam, it looks like, on the awards in the three categories in particular, the Best Actor and Best Actress, along with uh, Best Supporting Actress uh, markets. Uh, So really interesting tidbits there with with Hollywood Craig. And after the interview, I'll close out the pod by giving you a few teams that I believe are undervalued for this week's conference college basketball tournaments um, that are going to be front and center over the next few days. Before I dive into the interview with Hollywood Craig, if you're listening to this, the only thing I ask of you is to please just take 5-10 seconds and rate the Doggy Juice podcast on Apple Pods. Give it that 5-star, quick 5-star rating, uh, or less if if you truly believe it's not 5-star content. And if you have a little extra time while you're listening, it would be really helpful if you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Anything to help grow this and and really get it out to people who'd be interested in learning more about the latest in state-by-state sports betting legalization, developments in the sports betting industry in general, or just learn how to become a, a sharper sports better. Any help you could do to help spread the word is always very much appreciated. But let's do it. Without further ado, let's dive right in to our 2023 Oscars preview chat with none other than Hollywood Craig. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. Hollywood Craig for year number five, breaking down the Academy Awards. I would say this is a tradition unlike any other if it wasn't already. How you doing? He's obviously based out in LA and it's been it's been a whole year. How's it going, Hollywood Craig? It's going good, man. Good to be back on. Fifth year. Yeah, little, man. It's, uh, podcast verse. Yes, and I, I think um in terms of new we, we may have some new listeners or listener singular. So uh yeah. you wanna you wanna do a quick um just a quick background uh, on yourself for everyone, uh, maybe and obviously, uh, your your wife Libby works in the industry as well. But maybe just a little background and in the film industry and how in your little story. Uh, yep, I've been out here for fourteen years, um, and my wife is a casting director for Sony Animation as well as uh, her own independent company with her partner Mary. Um, they do all. Uh, animation casting um and uh yeah i have a deep love and passion for for film and i've you know i 
spent my college year studying it and was out here, did uh, jobs across animation and live action and TV and film. Um, but now I'm currently uh, out of the industry, enjoying uh, the bird's eye view of it instead of being in the thick of it. Uh, but yeah, that's my, that's my short story. Yeah. That, you I feel like you have your, your finger on the pulse really better than, the, better than anyone I know, definitely, but you know, just being out there and, and knowing people in the industry and, and, you know, wearing different hats, you kind of have, uh, you know, you have that little insider info, uh, from, from corners that, uh, the people and I, people like me out here in Chicago can't get to. So, um, and along those lines, like the thing I always enjoy, I found myself enjoying the most the past few years as we've, have we broken down the Oscars and, you know, with, within the betting lens. Um, but it's really the macro stuff that you've told me over the past few years and with the industry as a whole, obviously with COVID really changing the way that, that we consume um, this type, this type of content. And obviously Gen Z and the young kids with their, their uh, really poor, um, uh, what's the way to put, it? I guess their, their attention, attention spans. Span. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's changed kind of the way the industry's operated. Obviously, um, TV shows have, have really taken a stronghold and, uh, as well, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you, within the past year and, and really looking ahead over the year to, that's to come, um, are there like any big, like, you know, macro storylines or anything that we should be aware of? Uh, you know, not, not really. I think, you know, the theater industry is, is, is trying to figure itself out right now. Uh, I think it has, it's having a bit of an identity crisis, um, since COVID and, uh, and everything kind of shut down the, the theater going, uh, experience. Um, you know, it's been, it's been on the up and up, but it's kind of hard not to be on the up and up and up when you've gone from, uh, zero. So, yeah, right. uh, you know, it, it is not, it's still hovering, I think right around 50%, uh, less attendance than prior to COVID just a significant mm-hmm. chunk, which is why, uh, brands like AMC are trying, uh, to figure out alternative ways to make money, uh, and uh entice audiences so that's why they've uh said they're going to introduce uh that new policy i don't know if you've heard about it with the tiered Mm -hmm. uh, oh yeah yeah i have heard yeah the tiered um uh uh cost structure to seats so Mm -hmm. the middle sections will be more expensive and the cheap seats will be all the way up in front um but it's gotten a lot of blowback and a lot of negative uh, press. And I agree with that negative press. I think it's a stupid fucking thing because <laughs> um, the theater is one of those places where everyone is equal. Uh, if right. you can afford to go to a movie and take your kids or yourself, you can go. Uh, the theater should be a judge-free um, zone um and unfortunately amc is looking to undo uh that and i understand that it's kind of bleeding right now but um unfortunately um that was sort of going to be the trend anyway and i think covid kind of accelerated that trend uh drastically 
you know, we've seen over the years, theater, go, theater audiences, um, you know, dying down as far as numbers go, uh, because of various streaming services. The fact that you can, for the most part, uh, though recently major brands like Disney and stuff have, uh, really worked hard to make their, um, big features, uh, only available in theaters, but, you know, you are dealing with a market where the majority of the movies that you can see in theaters, you can find online, be it rental or streaming. And so, um, I think you're just going to see this, uh, you know, these companies, these theater companies just trying desperately to get people back in the seats. Um, my opinion, it should just cost fucking less. Um, it shouldn't cost more (laughs) for anyone and it shouldn't cost, uh, less for certain people. It should just cost, uh, way less money than it is now to go to a movie. It shouldn't cost, um, a family of four, um, nearly $200 to go to a fucking theater. It just should I, I think you and I got to go to some of these, the, you know, these AMC theaters and put whoopee cushions under the uh, the most expensive seats, so the people that you know, the snobs that paid the most for those nice seats, uh, get to embarrass themselves when they first sit down, or something like yes. that. But yeah, it's it definitely changes changes the way that like, you know, that, that I guess that people are going to movies and stuff too. I mean, I agree. It's like the communal nature of it and stuff. That's the experience of going there. You know, eating that popcorn that tastes better when you're in the movie theater. It's that's something you can't replicate and. And if people are going to try and mess with that in any way, that's 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 no good in my book too. So let's let's transition to the Oscars betting. And I know that you're you know you're not a sports better or an Oscars better per se, but you've done a fantastic job over the past few years of pointing out where, where there might be some value in the markets. And and uh, this year, I mean, just to, you know, quick thing on the Oscars. Obviously, we have our own opinions on, on what should win and what should lose, and or you know what's what's a, what a great movie is. When it comes to the betting, you're simply handicapping the Academy. And I know we've gone into the Academy in, in recent years and how it's really just a bunch of old white men pretty much. And, and but the Academy, you know, likes to look at certain things like, you know, um, you know, movies. You've, you've, you've dove into this in, in recent years, like the type of movies they they tend to to reward and, and uh, the, the lifetime achievement aspect of some of this stuff, too. Um this year, obviously, it's going to be a bit different too. From what I understand, though, it, with the awards themselves, the ceremony. Correct me if I'm wrong, but all, there's all 24 categories are, are going to be aired live, and everything is going to be kind of back to normal, so to speak, this year. Yeah. Uh, yep. Once again, I think um, something that's a bit more macro, uh, but you know, I just think it's uh, the Academy needs um, some younger people at the helm because I think they just keep <laughs> losing touch with its audience. And, you know, um, I just, I mean, even older people are becoming less and less interested yeah. in it, yeah. but yeah, they'll be back to 24 categories. So you're looking at another four hour ceremony. <laughs> another long Yeah. On, uh, on especially selection. if there's a slap or two. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It's like, yeah. Who, who's going to happen? I know last time Jimmy Kimmel hosted was the year um, that they the, the mistaken. Uh, you know, they announced ballot. the wrong winner. Yeah, the other ballot they announced. It was like with sure they take that over <laughs> last year. Yeah, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how Kimmel you know deals with some of that stuff. So that that'll be fun. But um, 
and let's let's dive into the actual movies themselves. Obviously, the the betting market's always interesting, especially as you know the awards get closer. Um, the biggest indicator that we have is is really the the other award shows, and you've gone into this in previous years too. And obviously, we we had the SAG Awards recently, and everything everywhere all at once really shot up to like pretty much a sure thing to win Best Picture this year, as close as you yeah. can get to. I mean, it was it was minus two seventy, minus two eighty. Uh, to win Best Picture before the SAG Awards, after the SAG Awards. Now we're up to, at the time of recording this on Tuesday, March uh, March 7th, uh, where it's up to t- minus 1,200, minus 1,400. So you really got to lay a lot to win a little on on that one. But do you see any world? Have you seen that movie, or do you see any world uh-huh. where it doesn't win Best Picture? I don't know. It'll win. Um, it'll win. Uh, because the next the next behind that is all quiet on the Western front. And that's also nominated for best foreign. Right. And uh, out, so yeah. that'll win best foreign. And then, uh, you'll give everything all aware, everything, ah, everything everywhere all at once, uh, will win <laughs> best picture, best actress, best, uh, supporting actor. Um, it'll win. Oh, interesting. I also think it'll probably win, um, probably win screenplay and it'll probably win director though i could see a world in which it doesn't win director just because that's you know it's a lot on for that one film but it's it's kind of a it's been an award season darling this year yeah it's it always seems like the movie that kind of catches on steam and becomes the hot buzz you know um that's you know catches momentum so to speak and it's it seems like this is this is definitely that film this year, and and it's yeah. I mean, look at the way the markets are are placed. It's, they're saying best director, best best picture for Daniels, the best director and best picture. Yeah, it's a it's a really really strong case. Um, and the other thing too, I should note is actually betting on the Oscars too legally here in the U.S. There we have seen more states offer it. Uh, unfortunately, it's still a small number. I, I still cannot legally bet it here in Illinois, but I could cross over into Indiana to bet on it legally. A new Jersey's been offered, offering it since 2019. Indiana came on board in 2020. Michigan uh, in 2021 started offering, and then last year Colorado and Louisiana, um, and then Massachusetts this year as well. Though that's uh, that's retail only until Friday when they launched their their uh, online on this Friday, uh, the 10th. So those are the states where you can do it. Unfortunately, I can't myself, but the markets have been pretty interesting. I've been I've been tracking them uh, the past for the past week since we've been knowing we're going to be doing this podcast. And the one that intrigues me the most because Best Picture and Director seem to be locked up and. Um, mm-hmm. Best, it's really and best supporting actor, like you said. That's really just a done deal for Kehui Juan. I'm definitely missing Juan. Juan, yeah. yeah. Um, That seems to be a done deal. The other of the major six categories, though, the other ones are really interesting. So I wanted to dive into these ones because these are like you know, for for a lot of people, maybe looking to make a little wager. It's not a situation where you have to lay a lot to win a little. Maybe it's still tough to find some value. But these are interesting markets, and and um, I guess I'll start with 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 best actor. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that really is a two horse race. It looks like between yeah. uh, Brennan Frazier for the whale. Um, obviously, like he's been getting a ton of buzz. He's the favorite at the time of recording. He's at minus one eighty. The other option is is really is Austin Butler for for Elvis. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this? I know we talked a few weeks ago. You said it's you know, pretty much Brennan Frazier's, and the market seems to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think as a majority for uh 
for movie fans, I think everybody's kind of rooting for Brendan Fraser. Um, you know, they're calling it the Brendan sense. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he is somebody that has, uh, been overdue for, uh, for, uh, accolades like this. Um, I think he's been, I mean, he's a great actor and he, uh, yeah. especially for you and I's generation. I mean, he was an action hero. <laughs> uh, he was a comedy star. He was, you know, he was a leading man and then he just kind of went away. And I think Darren Aronofsky is uh, proven that he's, a uh, a, a great at, um, revamping and reinvigorating a lost career. I mean, he did it with, um, Mickey Rourke in the wrestler, and now he's doing it with Brendan Fraser. Um, I think, I think, uh, I mean, listen, I, uh, um, unabashedly, uh, just turned off Elvis about 20 minutes in, maybe less because, uh, that movie is cut like a fucking, like you gave a, a 12 year old with ADHD editing <laughs> software and said, here you go. Um, <laughs> it is a mountain of absolute garbage shit. And it's like, <laughs> it is not, I mean, tell us how you really listen, feel. <laughs> well, I mean that, I mean that director has, uh, problems with, uh, um, making, uh, his subjects, the focus of his films. Huh. Um, we're talking about, uh, um, God damn it. Why am I, uh, Baz Luhrmann. Uh, sorry. Um, he, he just has a problem with, um, not making his movies all about, uh, panache and, uh, the visuals, uh, being the focus of his films instead of the content, uh, and I think Austin Butler is fine, but everything is so distracting around his performance. Whereas like a, a movie like the whale is a much more focused character study, uh-huh. um, takes a lot more talent in my opinion, uh, to act in a film that is focused on you and versus a film like Elvis, which is yes, of course about Elvis, but the first 30 minutes of that movie is about Tom Hanks's character and then it shifts to Elvis. And then it's again, an editing shitstorm. <laughs> so he's rarely at the center of your attention in that movie. Um, and so now that obviously doesn't matter when it comes to these voting things, but you know, Austin Butler is one of those young guys that, has hopefully a lot of years left in the industry to come. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Academy tends to lean on the, on the um, veteran uh, who, especially an underdog story like this, uh, mm. you know, the Oscars are desperately bleeding for an audience and for uh, people to pay attention to them. So uh, it would be a better story for them if they voted for, Fraser. Fraser. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's, that's an interesting way to put it. And I, it's, and yeah, it makes sense. The market seems to be agreeing with everything you're saying there. And, um, yeah, I didn't know that Elvis would be that polarizing, uh, with, um, 
the editing it's, it's just too, not i mean as a fan of elvis uh it's it's not for fans i mean i don't know who it's for but it's not <laughs> for for fans of elvis's music mm-hmm. i'm telling you watch the first 15 fucking minutes of that movie and you will want to gouge your eyes and ears out of place okay noted noted no i i I trust your your opinion on that one too for sure, and I I really want to see the whale as well because it's been a it's been a hot minute since I've seen a, a bread and fresh movie. And, and last year I started my shit with Kristen Stewart. This year Baz Luhrmann, <laughs> come at me! I'm here, I'm here for it. Make, making enemies on the doggy juice pod on a yearly basis now. Hey man, <laughs> that's what so, I do. That's what I do. So so actress is a, it's another two horse race, and this one's interesting because mm. we have. Um, Kate Blanchett, who uh, she is a former winner, right? I mean, so that's yes. there is no lifetime achievement aspect with her. She and it's interesting; it's, it's really it's between her for and Tar is the whatever the movie. She's the conductor, uh, and then Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. And and I, I think you even noted before that you thought that there's you know, the strong chance she's going to win this one. The market agrees with that too because the, 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 you've seen an interesting move really uh, within really the past twenty four hours since. Um, since I've been recording, since we're recording this, you yeah. saw both party, yeah, Blanchett and Yo were both about pretty much a, a toss-up, and you know, everyone else that's in the category is just a long shot. But now you got Yo at, at minus one fifty-five offshore, Blanchett that's uh, plus money. Uh, as we record this, we've seen a little move on Michelle Yo, and it seems like you agree with that mm-hmm. move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Michelle Yo is a, again a a veteran actress who's never gotten her due come uh, award season. And I think um, she's a great actress and she's been in so many iconic films. uh, And she's often kind of uh, forgotten because there's somebody else in the cast that um, gets more attention. And it's so nice to see both of these actors get the attention that they deserve. um, Finally. Uh, yeah. I do think she's going to win. Um, Kate Blanchett's won twice already. Um, I, I had heard that, um, Michelle Williams performance in the fables, Fablesman's was good, but, uh, I, I mean, that's a, that's the, probably the biggest stretch other than Ana de Amos. But, um, I, I, I think it's Michelle's to, to, to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, it seems to me like the takeaway from these is like follow the steam. If we're if you're looking to get down on the betting on the best actor, best actress, I feel like uh, the favorites have, are favorites for for a reason here. Uh, you don't want to obviously award, awards markets are different than a sporting event when the teams are playing each other. It's, it's information based, and yeah, I'm hard pressed right now not to take a look at Brendan Fraser or Michelle Yeoh in the markets before maybe there's further steam on them heading into heading into Sunday. Uh, the, the market that's probably the most interesting, though, of the six major categories um, is Best Supporting Actress. And I guess this could be our last one that we talk about. Um, it's the biggest toss-up. It's it, it's There's no odds-on favorite. It's essentially a three-person race, though. Um, Angela Bassett is the mm-hmm. shortest shot for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, plus 135 last time I looked. Consensus, Jamie Lee Curtis. And here's your the Lifetime Achievement Award angle, plus yeah. 160 for everything, everywhere, all at once. And then uh, Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Insurance at plus 190. What do you yeah. hear in here? Do you think uh, – I, I can't help but think that Jamie Lee Curtis just from the the you know the Lifetime Achievement angle. But, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this category? 
I, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, the it's funny because the top two I really wouldn't have guessed would be the front runners for this category by the, this time. When I had heard that Andrew, Angela Bassett was getting a lot of uh, a, award season love for Black Panther, um, it surprised me uh, because a lot of these superhero movies uh, don't get that kind of attention. Um, yeah, right. I, I think again, we're, I mean, we're talking about lifetime achievement for both of these women. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's honestly, it's a toss up. I think I, I, Jamie Lee Curtis's performance is good. I don't think it's great. I think Angela Bassett's performance is more emotional, um, and more, um, uh, acty, I guess, if you want to, you know, uh, yeah, yeah no, I, I, a, a no. non-term, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think, I think that's going to be a tight one. I would put my money on Angela Bassett just because again, if we're talking about, um, you know, the, the road to the Oscars, much like the road to the final four, you're looking at, uh, what else have <laughs> they won? And, um, she's kind of killing it right now in, yeah. for all the major award shows. So I, I, my money's on her. That's good. That's a good indicator. No, that's good stuff. So it sounds like our, uh, if we're going to be making any bets on this, uh, in legal regulated markets, of course, it's, uh, we're looking at probably Brendan Fraser taking home the whale um, for best actor. Sorry, taking home the whale. Taking home best actor. I'm taking home the whale. He's taking home the whale. And uh, best supporting actress. Um, obviously, that's the one you, you just talked about there, which is really interesting. But we're thinking Angela Bassett at the plus price. Uh, looks plus 135. And then, yeah, actress, tough one. But I, I think um, it so- sounds to me like we might be going Michelle Yeoh on that one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Yep. I would okay. go with lean on everything everywhere all at once this year for, uh, for those major categories. It's the hot, it's the hot ticket. It's the hot, uh, yeah. the hot one in town. All right, man. Well, this is good. I really appreciate uh, the insight as always. And, uh, man, five years of, uh, of doing this. Wish I had like a better way to celebrate five years, but I don't know. Who knows? If we, if we make know. it to 10, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do it live. Yeah, I wish we... Your turn. I don't know. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Live at the Chicago theater. <laughs> yeah, live We'd from the red All curtain. that money and renting out the Chicago theater only to have, uh, not even my parents fly in for it. <laughs> Maybe like uh, yeah, one or one or two randos off the street that we bring in, and my my two listeners yep, might have to pedal yeah. tickets off to the side, give yeah. away free tickets. <laughs> it wouldn't be the worst thing we've done in Chicago together. So, but, nah, uh, that's definitely that's <laughs> definitely true. Yeah. yeah, thank you for having me, man. This is always like a a, a blast, and I always enjoy, um, you know, you know, uh, reinvigorating that. Uh, that uh childlike love of film uh once a year it's nice um yeah it's always fun uh, yeah man i uh i hope you listeners out there got some uh solid information from uh from me and uh i make you lots of money (laughs) and you name your next child after me but (laughs) maybe that's too much to ask maybe it isn't it's up for you to decide. First name Hollywood, last name Craig. That's it. <laughs>
that's it <laughs> all right dude thanks for coming on we'll uh we will talk to you soon all right man bye everybody thanks for having me that was a greatest night in the history of television okay all right thank you very much again to hollywood craig that was fun as always and hopefully you, the listener, when you're starting to fill out your first March Madness brackets on Sunday evening, you'll also be simultaneously uh, watching your Brendan Fraser Best Actor ticket cash as well. Should be a very fun show on Sunday night. <laughs> College Hoops is now front and center with conference tournaments in full swing. And we're also coming up on the three-year anniversary of legal regulated sports betting here in my home state of Illinois in a couple of short days, uh, March 9th, and also with that, the anniversary of when everything came crashing down three short years ago as well with COVID. That's pretty wild. And if you're in Massachusetts, this Friday, March 10th, I alluded to it uh, in the interview with Hollywood Craig, mobile betting goes live in your state on Friday. I don't think every book that has regulatory approval to launch is, is actually launching their mobile app that day, but most of them are. So be sure to check that out, and it'll be really exciting if you're you know, just sitting in Boston celebrating an early St. Paddy's Day. You can finally make your bets from your couch and your leprechaun pattern boxers. So... College hoops, though, conference tournaments, uh, it's, it's here. My, my favorite betting week of the entire calendar year is here. Um, I've gone into it in the past of why this week's historically my most profitable week. There's just so much surface area for, for books to to really protect this week with everything else going on, and especially posting a new line on some of these games and these tournaments where teams are playing two, three, four days in a row and everything that goes with that, injuries, uh, minutes, and matchups between teams. There really is a lot of uh, opportunity out there in the market, especially if you're quick to snipe off some numbers too. Some books are slow to move as well. So an awesome week for sports betting, and I'm going to close out the pod with a few teams that I actually think are, are undervalued relative to uh, the market, the betting market right now as I record this on Tuesday. That's not to say you should just be blindly betting this team at whatever number you see, but I do think there's some value, and I will give you the uh, the best odds available on them to win their conference tournament, the teams I'm going to reel off, with the caveat being, of course, as we've learned and we, we discussed last week, the money line rollover strategy is is almost always more profitable in when you're betting futures. So just take the team you're looking to bet on. Instead of betting them in the future, just bet them in a money line rollover. That way you can pick the best price available on the money line um, when doing so for each respective game. And you can get out of it whenever you want as well. You're not forced to actually have the team win it all to cash your ticket and, and keep all your money. So with that in mind, the first team that, and I'm going to reel these off pretty quickly, the first team that I'm um, that I'm higher on relative to, to the betting market right now is UC Santa Barbara. Um, I think they have a really strong chance to win the Big West. Obviously, UC Irvine standing in the way, the, the only team that is shorter priced um, in that conference. But uh, plus 280 to win the Big West on DraftKings and Caesar as I record this. Uh, the, the Gauchos, I think, have a, a really strong a really strong team relative to the market. And uh, this weekend could be really an interesting one as they look to punch their automatic bid uh, to the big dance. Pennsylvania, the Penn Quakers out of the Ivy League. Um, this one I really like a lot. Um, you could find them on DraftKings uh, to win uh, the Ivy League tournament. It's um, It was actually at plus 650 this morning that I was able to gobble up, uh, which was just an off-market price, honestly. But um, now it's at plus 450 at DraftKings, which is still the best I'm seeing in, in uh, the market right now. Uh, slightly above consensus, but probably you know, just just as good, if not better, off doing the money line rollover there. But the Ivy League tournament's an interesting one. Only four teams play in it. It really was a top-heavy league again this year. Yale um, at the top, along with Princeton and and Penn, was right there as well. And 
Yale's going to be facing Cornell in a higher variance game in the other matchup, but Princeton and Penn play each other on Saturday. And this is actually an instant rematch from last weekend. And I was on Penn against Princeton this past weekend uh, when they squared off. I was able to take plus four in the overnight markets, and the line came down. There was a lot of money on Penn. The line closed one and a half, two, depending on where you shopped. And and Penn came out guns a-blazing in that game. They were up big early, were clearly the dominant team. They were up early in the second half by 22 points, something in that range. And you guessed it, in typical college fashion, they blew it towards the end. Game goes to overtime where all underdogs go to die, and then Princeton covered the game in overtime. And shout-out to Glenbarb West, uh, my alma mater in the western suburbs, uh, Glover West alum, Caden um, Pierce, who was only a freshman. He was actually a big reason behind Princeton's comeback there. It was pretty cool to see. But these two teams face off again just one week later. It's going to be the same matchup. And really good angle here that I heard from Dr. Bob Stoll, who, you know, he's a tout, but he does bring some some good angles uh, from his database that do apply to this time of year. Um, when two teams, immediate revenge, when two teams just played in their final regular season game and then play again in their first conference tournament game, just playing the team on revenge, which would be Penn in this case, is 115-85-6 against the spread. So very strong angle there. But honestly, I like the Penn team as it is. They played really good ball down the stretch. Um, I believe they'll have some fire lit under them this weekend um, after that crazy comeback by Princeton last weekend. So Penn to win that game, uh, they'll be a dog, but it's going to be tight. And then all they'll have to do to cash the you know that ticket to win uh, the Ivy League is to you know beat Yale most likely in that game, but that'll be a tighter game as well. So Penn, good luck uh, this weekend in the Ivy League. <laughs> Moving out west, Washington State um, to win the Pac-12 is eighteen to one on DraftKings currently, but this line has come down. Um, seems like to me that there's uh, some sharp. Talking heads maybe out there as well that were behind this because uh, 22 to 1 was available on FanDuel on Monday. Uh, that's where I got it just for transparency. But you could get that 18 to 1 on DraftKings currently. Uh, they really have Wazoo a freebie with Cal to start. They're laying 13 and a half, 14 in that first game. Assuming they win that, then they'll take on Oregon, who's really been a disappointment this year. Dana Altman teams, you, know, you always expect to be better in March, but maybe that's partially why we're having a, a little bit of value on that on that futures market, and we saw it early on. Um, but yeah, this team, if they if they get past those two, which you know, I think there's a good chance they do, then they do have UCLA and then likely Arizona. That's reflected in their the heavy long shot price, but. They've got everything coming. They're peaking at the right time. They've got everything you want in a team that's going to do really well in this type of tournament. Uh, they're well coached, peaking at the right time. So really good look there on Washington State. Arkansas in the SEC, um, seeing 12-1 to 1 on DraftKings and FanDuel as I record this. Uh, but look for them at minus two or better, um, and on the money line at minus 125 or better in their first matchup against Texas A&M on Thursday. Arkansas is a bubble team, uh, well-coached, although it's been a bit of a disappointment this year because early on everyone really thought they were a contender to win the, the SEC, but now they're coming in as a 10 seed in the tournament. But tournament season, new life, and they have a good coach in Musselman, bubble team, coming off a tough tough loss at home against Kentucky over the weekend where uh, there's some late money on them too. I think that line closed five, and they lost out right to Kentucky, and they're favored by five. Um, but now they're in a situation where they, they really got to win against Texas um, Texas A&M, so, so good luck on that one as well. West Virginia, 20-1 um, to 1 on Caesars, uh, as I record this, to win the, the Big 12 championship. Um, 
their first game is against Texas Tech, and looks like the opening numbers coming out as I record this at, at two and a half. I think that's a good look on West Virginia. Lots of distractions for Texas Tech right now, and really that's a wide open league. And West Virginia uh, might be in the tournament now, but in their minds it might be a must win game for them, and you know, I expect them to come into that game fully focused and able to take advantage of Texas Tech. And then finally, in the Big Ten tournament, local to me here in Chicago, uh, not going to really make a pick, although Indiana did get a favorable draw. Um, I think there's probably worse things you could do than, than backing them to do it at 5-1 uh, at to one or, or better to win that tournament, but probably just the money line rollover with them. But that's going to be a really interesting tournament, uh, the Big Ten here in Chicago. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. As always, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you enjoyed listening to this, please just take a moment to review or leave a rating on the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Anything you can do, just five, ten seconds, uh, will really help get this pod out to more people who would enjoy listening to it. So anything you can do, spread the word, spread the love, is always very much appreciated. Next episode will be all college hoops. I'll also be debuting a surprise brand new segment, something you'll have to come back to check out and see on the next episode. But I'll be back with that very soon. Enjoy the conference tournament games. Good luck with your action over the next few days, and I'll talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice 